What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, saints and ain'ts, and welcome to Lactic Acid. I'm your host, Dominic Smith. As always, I want to thank everybody for their continued support for this channel, for this network of ours. I appreciate everybody listening, tuning in to the YouTube episodes. However you get the content, I appreciate you supporting, listening, and watching. In this great month of December, you know, the best time of the year, Christmas time is here, happiness and cheer. We have some awesome content so for you guys to check out, including what you're about to listen to momentarily. But before we get into that, I want to give a shout out to our partners at Track Barn. Listen, if you are a track and field athlete, you're a track and field coach, and you need gear, you need equipment, please, please, please be sure to go to www.trackbarn.com. And I got a deal for you. Got a nice little Christmas deal for you. At the end of your purchase, once you get to the checkout, type in the code LACTICACID10, all caps, no spaces, the number 10, you will get 10% off of your order, 10% off of your entire purchase. So please be sure to check that out. Today, I have one of the best sprinters in the world. He was a silver medalist, a two-time silver medalist, this past summer in Eugene in the Open 100 meter uh, dash as well as the 4x1. Mr. Marvin Bracey Williams Jr. joins the show. Very excited for you guys to listen to this episode. I've actually um, been on the same track with Marvin. Uh, we graduated in 2012 and his school was about five or yeah, about five or six miles away from mine. And he ran the state of Florida. Literally, he nobody could stop him. Uh, he was remarkable as a high school athlete on the football field and on the track. And just as a competitor, getting a chance to see that week in and week out was pretty cool. So we got a chance to talk about that. His time falling out when he was down here, breaking records, winning state championships, his transition to Florida State. And he is a football junkie and he knows a lot about the game. And so we went over some X's and O's, including, uh, you know, his favorite team. We talked about food. You know, we love to talk about food on this show. We talked about soul food. And if you are looking <laughs> to, you know, enhance your flavor, taste buds and everything, please, please, please be sure to take notes on that conversation. We even talked about if our um, hometown Orlando is ready to host the Super Bowl. So it's a fun conversation that I'm so pumped for you guys to listen to. After or before whatever, do me one more favor. Follow us on the social media platforms. Now I did put a link tree link in the show notes that makes it easier, but Twitter, lactic acid underscore pod and Dom Smith underscore news. Instagram, lactic acid with Dominic Smith. YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the YouTube page. Hit that notification bell, hit that like button. We have new episodes of Track Talk as well as these podcasts and a bucket of Track Talk and Fried Chicken is coming back this month. We have a very special guest on the horizon. You will not want to miss that. And so please go and type in Lactic Acid with Dom Smith and you will find the page there. Do what I said, do when it comes to subscribing in the notification bell and all of that. And then wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Spotify, we are now on iHeartRadio. 
please be sure to subscribe. Continue to support the channel. We have great content coming out this month. We have great episodes coming out this month. And I am so excited for you to hear and meet these guests. Until next time, peace. Thanks and thanks. Welcome to Lactic Acid. I am your host, Dominic Smith. Today, I have a certified baller shot caller. He ran Central Florida in the 100, the 200, and continues to put on for the 407. That is Orlando. If you do not know what that is, represent. He's balling out, and guess what? You may see him on a medal stand in Budapest and beyond. Mr. Marvin Bracey Williams Jr. is the guest. What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. And yourself? Hey, no complaints. I feel bad that you got the little next jersey on because you know they they can use that this year. They can yeah, use they're struggling it right now, man. They struggling. They right are. Now, hey, but the Knowles pulled it out, man. So you know, like yeah, I said, weekend least, was successful. At least one team. Listen, my I'm catching L's all over the place. Yeah, I'm Ohio too, State. Man. I'm Ohio State fan. We got boat raced by Michigan. I like North Carolina. We just lost in triple overtime, and the Magic yeah. lose every day. Magic so, lose every day, dog. Good. God, every day and I don't, I don't i don't even know i've struggled long enough um i thought this was gonna be the year but apparently it's next year and i don't even know that but let's let's start <laughs> this off on pause though because like i said at least one person in orlando is catching w's and he's on this show today yes sir I've, I've been asking people this question we in the holiday season and let's just say there's a couple companies that took note of you let's say it was Food Network and ESPN. They said, this bro Marvin Bracey Jr. is putting it on. His swag is at another level. It's what the sport needs. It's not just what this sport needs. It's what all sports needs. And we need to elevate that greatness that he puts out on the track day in and day out. ESPN said, we're going to do a promotion. And um, we're going to join in with Food Network. We're going to do a promotion to celebrate that and to get him going an end-of-the-year promotion to celebrate the holidays and obviously everything that you did this year. ESPN wants to know if there is a sporting event that you would want to be the guest of honor where all eyes are on you. You get a chance to choose it. You get a chance to be the captain. You get the all-world experience, and they're going to name that entire weekend after you. So if it's the classic, it's the Marvin Bracey classic. If it's the Super Bowl, it's the Marvin Bracey Super Bowl. So ESPN want to know that from you. Food Network said, all right, no, we got to be a part of this. We want to put whatever meal he wants to on any restaurant, at any restaurant, on any menu in the United States. So you get to choose whatever dish you want, and they're going to make it happen for you. They're going to put it on the menu and everywhere. So I need the sporting event, and I need the food, the go-to meal that you want. Um. Okay. Uh the sporting event might be kind of might be kind of easy. Uh I would actually go with the Super Bowl. You know, football my favorite sport. Um obviously I walked away from uh I walked away from track to play football. Um didn't really work out how I wanted it to, but um I watch it religiously. I would choose a Super Bowl because you know, like shit, that's one of like the highest gross and like sporting events like all time. Like everybody, even if you're not a football fan, you're gonna watch the Super Bowl, whether it's people watching for the commercials watching for the entertainment, don't really care who win, you know what I'm saying? So I would definitely choose the Super Bowl. As far as a meal goes, though, uh, 
it gotta be some soul food. Like it gotta be like I'm talking about the whole soul food combo. We need the cornbread. We need the we need the collard greens. We need the mac and cheese. We need man. We, you gotta do it right though. Like you got it gotta be soul food, man. You gotta do it. You gotta do it right. I'm gonna get to that in a minute because I had Olivia Baker on here, and Olivia is from she lives in Atlanta, running the 800. And we had a whole conversation about this and how Atlanta is not just above what we got here in Orlando. So we're going to get back to that in a minute. But I got to ask this question. Do you think Orlando is ready to host the Super Bowl? Ooh, um, that's a really good no. question, man. I, I don't no. think so. I don't, I don't, nah, I don't, I, I mean, no. a Minnesota can do it, bro. Orlando can do it. Um, Okay, so I'm 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 gonna say yes, bro. Like we host bowl games, man. I think that I think that we can we, we can do I think we can do the Super Bowl. I think we can. I think but we can do it. That's different though. Like man. I get the bowl games. Okay, but here's the thing. Everything in Orlando closes at nine o'clock. Like you you can you got to go to international like deep in the international drive, and then all that stuff closes at like one two o'clock in the morning. I don't know if we can do it. But I think, mean, about I it. Get... think about it like this, though. So you got to basically for Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl weekend, whatever it is, from Friday to that Sunday, like, or Friday to Monday, listen, y'all need to, like, change the laws. Like, y'all got to, you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, listen, man, just for this weekend, like, we ain't closing at no 2 o'clock. Like, y'all got to y'all gotta give people time to, you know what I'm saying, got to do it up. But Minnesota, bro, they had the Super Bowl in Minnesota. Yeah, and, and I don't even know outside of the Mall of America what is in Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so I, got, I, I, think, I, don't I think know. The, I think the I think the I think the landscape and everything definitely big enough, man. Obviously, it would be at the Citrus Bowl, you know, and that's that's prime, prime time. Oh, you know sure. what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I think it, I think I think it will bring a lot of buzz. Now, now from a from a, a capacity uh, capacity standpoint, that 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 that's the Citrus Bowl can't hold that many people. So. No. No, but no, nah, I think the city ready for so we need we need something, man. We had a Pro Bowl, you know. We need something, but, but that's seven on seven. Like <laughs> yeah. that ain't that ain't. You can go out there and yeah. run go routes and and everything. I, see, that's tough. Like you drive by and like the Paramore area and and downtown on Church Street where Camp World is. The traffic sucks. The the and I hate that I'm crapping on the city, but if you anybody who been to downtown Orlando for five minutes can understand what I'm saying. You I know it's hard, Paramore, man. We can't be easy. I grew, I grew up in. Paramore. Oh no 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 no! Listen, no 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 no! I'm talking about the structure, like the road. Oh yeah, nah, that's fucking terrible. I don't it's mess terrible, with man. nobody. Listen, I don't mess with nobody from Paramore. I don't want that smoke. No, I'm good. Good, but like nah, I mean, I know I know what you, I know what you're saying though. I know what you're saying though. Yeah, but just just the roads, just driving. There's like potholes going to Lake Yola. It's not even just a Paramore issue. It's just a downtown Orlando issue. That whole there's, yeah. There's nowhere to park, and everything. And people charging like fifty dollars to park into the lots and all that stuff. There's nowhere to park, and so I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I feel you. Like everybody wants a baseball team. It's like we don't need no baseball team. We have this big old football stadium. UCF doesn't play in it. They have their own stadium. I mean, it was good. We have the bowl games. The Magic suck, but like you know, it generates buzz, but. We gonna get it I together, think, man. We gonna get it together within like the next three, four years. We gonna get it together. We should. I think they need to renovate Camping World again. 
need to expand the seating and stuff. Got to get the – if you don't renovate it, just shut it down. Just tear it down and start over. And build, like, a 90,000-seat stadium um, and just, like, go from there. Because I would love to see – I mean, Orlando and shout out Shrek Shack because Orlando's hosting the um, marathon trials. Marathon, yeah. I would love to see us get in on some track meets and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I mean, and we're about to jump into it, but you ran here. You know that it shuts down for football, and when these fast runners, especially when South Florida meets Central Florida or just the different meets from – because everybody knows each other, everybody's, you know, competing with each other, we can shut down the track meet too. So it would definitely get buzz here, and we definitely have the talent to do so. So I don't know. I, I'm going to take your word for it. Three or four years, we hosting something. We're going to get together. Well, we, here's what we need to do. We need to start baby steps. We need to host the college football semifinal, playoff semifinal. We can do that. And, we can do that. Yeah, we can do that and then build to the Super Bowl. I think we can do that. Everybody in Paramore, I love you. Ain't no smoke on this end. Trust me. There's good, nothing nothing like that um, of the essence. But, man, I was telling Marvin before the show, we were talking about it. So everybody on the show knows I born and raised here, still live here in Orlando. Um, Marvin competed for Boone High School. Heck of a football player. So I want to get to that first, man, because you – I know you hung up the cleats, but you were a bad boy back in the day. Uh, I think you were like six on the Fentanyl Super 60. You were a ESPN All-American. I didn't, I didn't even go to the game. I just remember you were on like the Sports Center top ten. You had like some stupid catch. Okay, yeah, uh, and that's that one-hand catch, man. I was Odell for Odell, man. All right. Listen, but no, it's not it's straight. no, but I mean, Odell wasn't doing that at LSU. He just got, I don't want to say he got lucky, but Odell wasn't nah, doing that. Nah, I went nice. Nah. <laughs> I went nice. No, so I need him on my team. Even though we suck, I'm a Colts fan. I need, we need Jesus on that team. Man. I'm a Saints fan, dog. So he need to come home, man. I think y'all need a quarterback. We need everything, bro. I got <laughs> shout out, shout out to my dog, Chris Olave, but I don't know. Um, but, man, what sparked the love for football? Because as great as you are on the track, you were a dog on the football field. Uh, being honest with you, bro, I never – I never – I didn't know – I didn't like track growing up. Like, I didn't I didn't hate it, but I didn't really – I wasn't in love with it. Like, I didn't – I wanted to play football since I was, like, six. So I played for the neighborhood team. Um, my freshman year of high school, I actually left Oak Ridge. I was at Oak Ridge for five weeks. I left Oak Ridge oh. went to Boone. Okay. I left over oh, left over went to Boone. Um and uh I went out for the I went I was too late to join the football team actually. So I didn't play anything my first my freshman year. I didn't play football. I didn't even run track. Um oh. my sophomore year, I actually I came back out. I was on uh JV my sophomore year. I was a running back at the time, would score like two or three times a game. Fun fact, I didn't get moved up from JV to varsity my sophomore year. Okay. So I just did JV. So then the end of my sophomore year, I, I, all my homies was like, man, we're going uh, we to go out for track. I'm like, all right. They're like, you kind of fast. You might as well come out with us. I was like, all right, cool. I ain't got nothing better to do. I went out, and I think like, my first time running 100, I ran like 1082. So, like, people was, you know, it was kind of creating some buzz. But, you know, sophomore running 10.8, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, My very next race, I ran like 1076. And people were like, hold on, bro. Where you, where you, where you say you're from again? What was you at last year? You know, I was like, I didn't run last year. So then the next week was the uh the regional champion, the district championship. I won a district championship with like 1058. 
And I 10 five as a sophomore. If I ended the season with 10 five as a sophomore, you know, that's that's a good year. That's a great year. Because you know, obviously, you know, you improve. Right. Um, but I, the next week, the next weekend at the regional championship, I won it with like 1042. I saw that. And these are all legal times. So again, for me, bro, this is my first year running track. I don't really know what this means. I don't know what negative win means. I don't know what positive. Win. I just want to win. That's all I got. That's all I know. Win. So uh, then the next weekend at the state championship, I won a state championship with like 10, 19, but then it was win dated. And that's kind of how everything just kind of like took off from there. I remember that night, like my coach ended up calling me the next day and he was telling me, he was like, hey man, like LSU, you know, Miami, Florida, they're all asking about you. I'm like, sure, we know. What that mean? He was like, they're they going to offer you a scholarship. Scholarship for what? He was like, to come run. They're going to pay me to come. Oh, that's what's up. So then, like, four days later, I played in a, a spring football game, and they finally had, you know, moved up to varsity. I get on the spring football team. I scored, like, three times in the game. And it was like, hold on, you play football too? And then all, the, all of my offers and everything kind of start rolling in, you know, going into my junior year, and then, like, the rest is, you know, the rest is history. But I always wanted to play football all my life, man. Like, I, that's why, like I said, that's why I walked away from the sport of track to go play football because I just felt that passionate about it. And, you know, being, being, it didn't work out. I came back to track. But football was everything. On the track, I mean, on the football field, I mean, you weren't like 200 pounds, but you ran like tough. It wasn't just like a finesse player. You actually had some toughness to you. I don't, I forgot which game it was because we used to go, I used to go to Boom games too. Um, and Boom, I, Boom still is really good, but Boom yeah. back in the day, um, you know, Boom made it to the state championship. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. 2009 to the eight, eight against um, Western, uh, which uh, we know how that turned out, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, at least you made it, at least you made it, yeah, you made it, but still, just the talent that you guys had, and you were a part of it because you, you had to be accounted for. Because honestly, we'd be sitting up in the stands, and then I think you guys had that transfer. I don't. I, I, maybe I get the years mixed up. I know there was a kid from Edgewater that came over. Uh, that yeah, played James Washington. James Washington. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he, he was went a senior to a, a freshman. Okay, he went to he NC, NC State, State. But and then the next year, it's like, who is this fast kid? Like, where are they finding these kids from? I remember on the track, like there were two kids, and there was so much talent here in Central Florida. There was Popka had a great team. Oak Ridge always had a great team. But it was you and your cousin, uh, Kermit Whitfield, who ran for Jones High School, who tore up Shout our out track. to that boy. Um, and I think he – the two of you, because I remember you ran a 10-19, and then you had beaten – I think it was Walter Dix's time. Ah, and I forgot the other dude. And then he ran like 10-58 and stuff like that. Then the two, the one I remember, it was a four by one. I forgot what year. I think we were juniors. It was a four by one. It was you. You got the anchor. I forgot the kid from Apopka. And then. Oh, uh, it was senior you know, year. That was, that was at Lake Brown. Oh, senior year. Yeah. You hawked somebody. I got both of them. I got both. Yeah. At the end, because the kid from Apopka was when the Kermit gets the baton. And then he edged him out at like 60. And then all of a sudden, you just see it. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, at the line, like, you got both of them. How competitive? How, and you are a competitor. What is it about just 
from that mentality, you you carried it on now. Everybody see the stuff on Twitter and stuff, and they think, oh, it's fake. Like, oh, they just talking about like, no, you mean it when you say you coming out. Yeah. No, nah, that's <laughs> no, nah, that's what we uh so you know, me me like Twitter for me is not like it's I'm not a Twitter personality, like I'm that's me being who I am. Yeah. Um growing up, you know, I had a I got a I come from a big family, man. I got a lot of cousins. Um and me and Kermit actually were like the younger of the bunch. So, you know, I hung out with cousins that was five, four, five, six years older than me. So, you know, if we wanted to, you know, do what they did, the guy better take whatever come with it. So if we was out playing football, you get hit hard, you pick it up, they they're yeah. not gonna feel bad for you. You know, if we was out playing cops and robbers, manhunt, whatever it was, basketball, whatever it was, like whatever happened. It happens. So, like, as you grow up and you go through that, like, you, I mean, they, they four years, five years older than us. So, think about developmentally, they're so much better than us. Yep. Um, and we just got used to it, you know? Like, we just got used to, like, you know, just what kind of what came with it to where we just kind of adjusted. And so, as we started competing with people our age, it was like, shit, this ain't nothing compared to, you know what I'm saying, what I had to, what I got to deal with, you know, with, with, with my people. So, coming into, you know, high school sports like it wasn't it wasn't a hard adjustment for me because i had already been through hell you know like they they, they gonna put it on you I, i've already been through the worst man so it's like you know i don't go damn about you being bigger faster stronger i play with older people anyway like that's what we do so um you know me and then me and kermit also always growing up it was always marvin and kermit marvin and kermit marvin and kermit we always had like that that inner squad rivalry like even going going back to like little league football you know, if he scored a touchdown, now I got to score a touchdown. But then now it's knotted up. So he'll score again, and then I'll score again. And now we done put up 24 points, 28 points on the board. Other team ain't even scored yet. You know what I'm saying? Because we yeah. also competing with each other. But it was like, you know, it was like one of those situations where, like, I wasn't competing to, like, outshine him. It was more so, like, I'm competing so that, like, I'm giving you something to go chase. So when he yeah. do something, I'm like, man, I'm, a, you know, I'm, I'm not pouting. I'm just like, all right, I got to get mine. And so it was pretty dope. Uh, I think it was it was my my sophomore year, his freshman year, when I went to, he went to his district and ran ten fifty six, and then I went to my district and ran ten fifty eight, and oh, then he went wow. and won a state championship, and then I went and won a state championship, and we just kind of kept like going back and forth. It, I mean, it continued into you know my professional career, his his uh his collegiate career in twenty fourteen, and what January is when he ran a kick return back. I went that same year in March. And got an indoor silver medal. Should have won, but that's neither here nor there. You know, he ended up uh he ended up getting, you know, picked up to the NFL. Well, I ended up going to the Olympics. He made it to the NFL, you know, and so we just keep, you know, keep taking it up a notch. But that's how you make each other better, too. Like it's not just like everybody knows, that's just kind of that's the competitive excellence. That's how you make each other better. And it's, it's clearly paid off because you played in the NFL. Um, I know you played for a couple teams. I'm I'm telling you, man, there's a few teams that still need you. Um, listen, <laughs> listen you they that call, but look, I actually went to the um, I went to the Rams and I never I went to the Ravens and Giants game. It was a great game. Giants came back and won. Oh my gosh, Lamar! Need, everybody needs you, dog. They need speed. Um, <laughs> they need something. The Rams, I, some of these teams, I don't, I don't even know. The Rams, the Rams need you. They need a receiver other than Cooper Cup. Um, He's hurt. I, I know, but he was still trying to throw it to him. <laughs> like if he was still in the vicinity uh, and everything. What was your most memorable race? Mine, I think, was state. I could I, I could have this wrong. But I think you pulled your hamstring or something, and you still ran like 10-4. 
<laughs> and like whooped everybody. Yeah, right. Ten fifty. No, that was the, the crazy thing is that was up here in Jacksonville at UNF. Yeah. That's actually where I, I live in. I train at UNF right now. Um, that was in Jacksonville my senior year. I ended up pulling it at like sixty or seventy meters. But I mean, I was like, shit, I'm already running. I will keep going. You know, I ain't gonna hurt any less. So I just finished through and I ran like ten fifty two. Yeah, man, I was I was sick. I was trying to be like the first high school kid to break, you know, break ten seconds. Um. But I think my most memorable race is probably the indoor 55 that I ran. Oh, and at, uh, uh, Jimmy Carnes. At Jimmy Carnes. And I and it's funny because there's a dude's name is Coach White. I never forget this day. I was up in the stands chilling before, you know, like before I got to get ready to go warm up, go down to the car room, whatever. I'm in the stands chilling. So as my coach tell me, like, hey, it's time to go start warming up. So we go and we start walking downstairs. We're going down the stairs and Coach White sees me. He was like, hey, man, what you, you know, what you going to do today? I was like, oh, I'm probably going to run like, I'm going to run like 6-0. And the record at the time was like 6, like 6-17, 6-15 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So he was like, you ain't running no 6-0. I was like, I'm going to run 6-0 today. He was like, all right, I bet you $100. <laughs> hey, like, hey cool. six, what was it, 6-0-8 was the winning time? I ran, six, I ran 6-0-8, yeah, it's, uh, and actually, I broke the, the not just the national high school record, so I was like, "Cool, still ain't paying my money, man." Coach White, no, whatever you ten are, years man. ago, right? Oh, he lived in Orlando. He know, I know, he, I know, he lived at too. He still, that 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 hundred that hundred dollars done turned about a hundred thousand. It's been ten years, bro. Collecting interest and everything. Collect, hey. Oh, kind of, yeah. But that's definitely my most memorable man because, like, I set out to do that. Like, I knew that I was capable, and I just really, really went and put it together. Obviously, you know, it was always a debate whether it's a false start or not, but. I don't it was. They ain't call it one. They ain't call it, it one. So, here's the thing: if you get a smooth, if you get a smooth, clear release out the blocks, it's a perfect start. It's not a false start. Um, unfortunately, it's all good. yeah. Unfortunately, uh, they probably the same ones that think that there was a bunch of false starts in Eugene this year. But that was I saw that race a hundred times. That was not a false start. I'm just saying, don't matter now. It's still hey, it counts. So, like I said, yeah. it don't matter. What was it like training? Um, under coach, you trained under coach Ricky Argro, um, yeah. who is the um, sprints coach at FSU now, doing a great job with their their crew. And this will be the last question before we get to some off track topics. What was it like training um, with him? And I remember you guys just train out at Lake Highland and um, and everything, and and that nice track that they have, and uh, definitely pulled you to. I think what was the name of the group? I think it was Inc. Like imagine yeah. not, yeah, yeah, imagine not knowing, yeah. What was that kind of period like, especially now that you are um, a professional and just some of the things he taught you? Um, well, he definitely back then he definitely had a uh, he had a huge impact on a lot of things I did. Uh, he's actually one of the reasons I ended up going to uh, to FSU. Uh, he actually also he's the reason why I ended up getting my license at like sixteen. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, he, he yeah he helped me take my uh, helped me take my permit test when I was uh, 16, 16 or seventeen years old. Yeah, man, um, he. He definitely had a huge impact on my life. Um, when he reached out to me to coach me, you know, as I think at the time he was like 26, 27, 27, 28. So the age I am now. So uh when he reached out to coach me, um, you know, I had told him I straight up and down, like, bro, I don't like I I don't know how these type of things work, but I ain't really got no, you know, I ain't got no paper. Like I ain't I ain't straight like that. And he was like, nah, man, you know, just you know, show up, I'm gonna do it on love, just work hard, you know, bush ass, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm like, all right, cool. And, you know, we kind of see how it worked out. You know, we won what state championship, we won five state championships, two, three in a hundred, uh, two in a 200. 
Uh, I won national title, ran 10.05, I ran 10.06 in high school, I ran 10.09 in high school. Um, we was a, a NACAC champion and a Pan American Games champion in high school. Um, and like I said, man, he was like, he was a big brother that I never had. So, you know, he, like I said, he had a huge impact and you no, know, I wanted to follow in his footsteps. He went to Florida State. I'm going to Florida State. It's right, you know, and actually, but a lot of people don't know though, is I was this close, this close to going to Texas A&M. I was about really? to commit on my, I went on my visit and I loved everything about it. And um, at the time, the head coach, football coach was Mike Sherman. Super cool dude. He ended up getting fired. Mm. And I was like, oh, yo, shit, that's a sign. Like, I'm staying, you know, I'm, I'm locked in at Florida State. Because I, I like the Jimbo, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, he obviously, you know, a hell of a coach. Um, but, yeah, being up on the, you know, training with him and doing things we did, like, we we had more than – it was more than just, like, a coach-athlete relationship. Like, we actually was, like, cool. Like, he was, like, he was a like family. So, you know. And always, then he went on to obviously do great things. I always tell people, like, that was, like, the premier running group in the nation. Um, at the time, because it was like you it was Kermit, I think Aldrick Bailey ran. Uh, I know he ran a relay, and then just I don't know what you did kind of set the tone for what we have now. Like, and I don't know if you've ever realized that because right after you, it was um obviously Kermit, but then it was Trayvon Bromel. Um, and then it just kept kind of you know climbing, and then from Trayvon, from you to Kermit to Trayvon, it was Anthony Schwartz. Um, you know, down on American heritage. And then it just keeps kind of, I don't say snowballing down, but have you ever thought about like you created such a blueprint for so many of these young athletes to try to follow, to try to emulate? Do you ever kind of stop and think about just the great things that you've accomplished, not just on the track, but how you kind of are, I don't say the start, but you took it to another level because before you it was Jeff Demps, but you passed Jeff Demps. And like everybody had that target, you know. I remember, I think it was, I don't know if you ran in this meet, but I know Tyreek Hill. Um, and Kermit, that's when Kermit got him, yeah. Go to South, okay, okay. I, I didn't know if you were in that race, but Kermit got him. But Tyreek Hill was like, even people from Georgia and everything, they kind of saw you, but you raised the bar to a level which. I mean, to be honest with you, is still being sought after. Have you ever thought about that kind of legacy that you've left? Um, honestly, not on my own. No, uh, me and me and Coach Rick actually ended up having a conversation kind of about that because for me, bro, like, um, I was really just trying to make it out. You feel me? Um, yeah. I like I said, I wanted to play football all my life. I thought high school, you know, the experience was going to be so different. I didn't get on varsity until I was a junior. So you know, I'm seeing years, you know, wasted. Like, damn, like I want to play football. Like, well, you know, what am I going to do? And track ended up opening that door. You know, I ran fast on the track my sophomore year. How still can't tell you how any of that happened, man. It was just, you know, just the grace of God. You know, uh, I definitely didn't do that on my own. Um, didn't do no extra training. Fun fact, I didn't actually start working with Rick until the end of my sophomore year. So like, oh, wow. I knew, I had knew about him, but I didn't start. Like, everything that happened, like that, shit, that's, that, that credit goes to my high school coach, dude named wow. Joshua Rouse. Like everything that happened, like I started working with Rick like the week, the week before uh, the state championship. But to be honest, like I was already probably a lot to win it. Um, and then he took me to the USA junior championships in 2010 in Des Moines, Iowa. And I ended up getting, but it was, it was, it was 19 down. Like I didn't know this. I was 16 at the time and it was 19 U. So I'm racing like college freshman. I ended up getting my doors blowed. I got like, I got like sixth place, but I made the, I made the relay pool. So I ran around up in Canada and I just kind of opened my eyes to like a new world, you know, with track and everything. And then, you know, once 
you know, the coaches at the school saw that, you know, I was real fast. They was like, okay, we got to find your spot on varsity. They was like, have you ever thought about receiver? Cool. As long as I'm on the field, started playing receiver. Um, and like I said, uh, my junior year, you know, had a great year, great, had a great season on the field. Uh, my senior year had a great season on the field. And that just kind of segue, you know, my football career. But as far as like, you know, paving the way, like I, I, I think I'm so regular, bro, that like I never really thought about it like that. Like I seen what people did. I, I always want, I wanted Kermit to top everything I did, you know. I wanted him to break the records that I set and somebody, you know, come behind him and do it because that's just, you know, records are set to be broken. But no, I just, I didn't look at myself like no pioneer or nothing. Like I was just trying to do my best to get the hell up out of here. <laughs> I feel that. Well, listen, man, you definitely paved the way for a lot of the things that we're seeing on the track and we're about to start track season here in a few weeks. Um, and so it's always kind of curious. There's always these names like that come from Central Florida, whether it's Jenny Simpson and what she did in Oviedo, what you Jenny. did at you know at Boone, um, it, it's definitely it's definitely something that people have noticed, and definitely something that you've given them a mark to set. Uh, we'll see who steps up to the challenge, but yeah, you you definitely left a big impact here um, in Central Florida. What are three things people do not know about you? Um, well, people are starting to find out now, but um, I'm actually really I'm I'm weirdly good at bowling. Okay. Um, yeah, I can bowl. I can bowl real good. I'm actually, I'm probably one of like the luckiest people to walk the face of the earth. I don't know how, I don't know why. I, I'm the type of person that'd be winning like raffle. I want no bullshit. I want a raffle at a thing. They gave us two raffle tickets. I went to a, I went to a party. They gave us two raffle tickets and I actually won both. How? I don't know. <laughs> I won both. Like I just, I just get real lucky, you know, uh, with a lot of things, you know, in life. Um, and then a the third one, um, what would be a third? What don't people actually know about me? Uh, that's a good one. Um, like I said, I bowl. I'm real lucky. Oh, what people don't know about me? Okay, so like I'm I'm right handed and I do everything right handed, but like I shoot pool like left handed, and I don't know why. Really? That's hard. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. Like it's just like I I I don't know. It's just it it's just always been that way. That's the only thing I do left handed. That is, I don't think people realize how actually how tough that is. Yeah, like it's, it's but it's that normal. Is, like, so it may feel weird to you, but it's normal to me. So if I tried to shoot like a right-handed person, I couldn't do it. Wow. That listen, that is that's that's elite because I've tried to do that <laughs> and I cannot rip the pool stick. Like it is, dang, that's crazy. I want to jump on this soul food thing. So. I asked Olivia this, and I want to ask you this. What is the ultimate soul food plate? Like, what is, like, I know here in Orlando, there's a place that is next level. I don't know if you've been. It's called Nikki's Place. Yeah, I've been to Nikki's Place. Yeah. And so I was, like, telling somebody, I don't trust everybody's dressing, except if I'm making it or my mom is making it. But usually, you know, I'll get the rice, and if I don't get two pieces of fried chicken, um, you know, I'll get some some catfish or whatever the case might be, get the collard greens, macaroni and cheese if they have it, uh, with a corn muffin and some candy yams and, and something like that. You know, that's kind of my, you know, go-to specifically for fried chicken. Fish, I'll get fries with. But what what is what is your what's the ultimate one for you? I mean, I gotta ha- I gotta have the fried chicken. Like I gotta have and it gotta be done right, bro. Like I got family uh, in the country part of South Carolina, and every time we go up there, man, listen, they they do it right. 
they do it right. Um, gotta have a mac and cheese. I actually make a really good mac and cheese. I just cook uh cooked a ham, uh, mac and cheese, collard greens, and something else for uh for Thanksgiving. Um, oh dang, you gotta Jeez. gotta have a mac and cheese. Gotta have a mac and cheese. You gotta have you gotta have a collard greens, and I top it off with some yams. Like I'll I'll do the rice, but I re- them, this, I get the yams next to the mac and cheese. And get and that hey that mess. I'd be good, you know what I'm saying? That 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 really be it. But like I got everything I need right there. Just bang, 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 bang. That's it. I I I I've never cooked like that Thanksgiving. I don't I don't cook rice, but you know some of these soul food restaurants like you got the rice is the base. Yeah. Oh, I don't think people understand. Like if you haven't tried it, have don't put the chicken. I don't do the chicken next to to the uh to the yams or the collard greens because it make it soggy. Yeah, I'm um, doing that. And there are people who need to know this. You cannot warm up fried chicken in the microwave because it gets wet. So you need to put it in the oven. Uh, actually, you just need to eat it hot. Yeah, hot. Let's just call the spade a spade. You just need to eat it hot. But I have not. Them candy yams, man. With the greens and then a little bit of fried chicken. It's a, it's a game changer. Are you a cornbread or biscuit person? I'm so sick because I left out the cornbread. Like I knew I was forgetting something. I knew four items didn't sound right. You need the cornbread. I, now, it depends on it depends on the occasion. Like yeah, a regular like that. regular food night. Like yeah, I, I do some biscuits. Like that's cool. But like for think like think soul food. Perfect. Do not give me no biscuits with my soul food. Like I need cornbread with my soul. Food. It's just not gonna I, be the same. I ain't gonna be the same. You know, it was up until about two months ago. I was like, I can do a biscuit with soul food. But then I tried it. But what happened was, no, they, I got a, I ordered a biscuit, but they gave me a corn muffin. Um, Because it was the closest thing to cornbread that they sell. Mm-hmm. I I prefer cornbread. I, that's just, it's just something about putting the jiffy in there and everything. It's just different to me. But I have to agree with you there. I never thought I would, but I have to agree with you. It, it's different. So you cooked the ham. You smoked the ham, or did you do yeah, like so I did? I, I, I bought. I boiled it. I boiled it for yeah, like fifteen, twenty minutes. I just let it get you know nice and tender. I uh, boiled it, and then I actually put it in the oven. Pretty sure it was enough about two hours. Got the brown sugar. Got the butter. Got the brown sugar. Had my little pineapples on top of it with the cherries with two picks through it, and just let it you know marinate on that man, caramelized and. Once that thing came out, it was good. So you a chef when you not running? Um, no, not really. Uh, so fun fact about me, man, I've been living on my own kind of since I was nineteen. Um, so I went to Florida State, you know, for a year. I left, turned professional in track at after my freshman year. So I was what nineteen, moved back home. But like my family was like one of the families were like, you got you kind of got to do shit on your own, you know. Like my mama ain't the type of person to come up. My grandma not gonna come cook every week, clean up my house. <laughs> They weren't doing that. Like I, I salute people who got their mom in their life and going like doing that. My mom didn't want to do it to themselves. <laughs> My mom ain't doing that. So, either. <laughs> yeah, so I salute people that got that. But um, so what I just you know, and then it just sometimes I hate waiting on people. You know, I hate having to yeah. rely on something, somebody to do something because if they don't come through, it is what it is. So I, I remember I used to start, I started um, I would call my grandma and we'd sit on the phone. She, I would go, I would drive to the stove, be on the phone with her. She would tell me everything to get while I'm on the phone with her. Check out, go home. She told me how to prep it. Tell me, oh, I mean, let it cook for 30 minutes and then call me back. Boom. Okay. Uh, what it look like? What it look like this? Okay, let it say some more. Boom. 
um, my auntie, one of my auntie, one of my cousins from South Carolina, they, uh, she actually always makes, she's responsible for making the mac, she only makes the mac and cheese when we have like family functions. Uh -huh. And so because she lives in South Carolina, I can, you know, go ahead and get something from her. Like I just, so she just, again, talked to her on the phone. She told me how to make it, told me everything to get. And then, you know, same with the collard greens, same with stuff like that. And then when it comes to like other stuff, like regular at home meals, like I kind of like, you know, self-taught or I can go get a recipe or something and just kind of see how I like it and tweak it and just kind of go from there. Because when you cook, it's about if you like it. Exactly. It don't, it don't matter if nobody else like it as long as you can and yeah, eat it. And, and eating out, eating out is, listen, that shit, I, I used to want, man, I started blowing through so much. I was like, when I was younger, like my first, on well, my first deal, like, you know, I went to check my account at the end of the month. And I'm like, hold on, how the hell I spent <laughs> food? Like, how did I spend all that money on food? Um, yeah, but you don't, you don't realize how much you add up, all that eating out and stuff, man. And so, I mean, to be and to be honest, you damn it kind of break even when you shopping and eating food, especially if you're shopping at like Whole Foods and Sprouts and like shit like that. But man, I was spending a lot of money, you know, on, on fast food and just food out in general. And so I was like, you know what, man, I gotta make a change. You don't know because it's just like you, you spend like five dollars and stuff like okay, you know, that's all right, you know, ten dollars. So it's like, all right, that's that's cool. I don't feel like it. And then, like you said. It's like okay, you spent about four hundred fifty five hundred dollars on food at the end of the month. Um, like, ain't no know. way, bro. Like I ain't just, no you just, I don't and know. I got kids, so man, you know, <laughs> yeah. We, oh, it's we'll, a we'll little different. Out. Yeah, we'll eat out, but <laughs> we got food at out. <laughs> oh yeah, that's yeah. I. I don't know, especially just with everything costing so much. Uh, I saw this tweet, and I agree with it. it's like. Because, you know, when you're younger and you're driving in the store and you pass McDonald's or whatever, you're like, oh, can we stop and get that? And your mom says, you know, yeah, we got food at the house. And I, now I understand. Now I understand. Like, I understand what having food at the house means. Like, yeah, I cool. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like, that's what we roll with. Like, now nah, we'll need that. Now, like, it all makes sense to me. Um, when you're not running, when you're not training, what's life like for Marvin Brazy? Um, So... Fortunately, unfortunately for us, uh, track and field is damn near year round. Um, I started training October 18th of last year, 2021. My last race was September 12th of this year. So um, like 11 months of, you know, training and racing. Um, I took a little vacation this time, though. I took a little vacation. I had about a good six, seven weeks off this time. I took a vacation. I just, it's, a lot of downtime, dog. Like you just do a lot of chilling because, like, when you in season, every you're always in, a, especially when you travel. Like it's, you know, I'll fly to let's just call it for the sake of argument. I'll fly to London, uh, be there for three or four days, race, leave there. I might go to Paris, be there for two or three days, race, leave there, go back to London, chill for a little bit, um, then go to my next race. And it's like it's you, it's us, it's always moving. Like it's it's such a pleasure though to be able to see you know dope stuff like that. But it does get a little, you know, you be, it's you know, homesick. Yeah, yeah. you be over there, you know, and because that's the end of the season. Like right now, we just, you know, it's just fall training. Um, but out of the season, man, I, I spend a lot of time just chilling, dog. Um, I guess I go bowling a lot. That's how I ended up getting, you know, kind of good. Um, I go bowling. I hang around with my homies a lot. I come to I come to Orlando sometimes, you know, just to kick it with the family. But you know, as life goes on, you know, people have kids. You know, life kind of slows down for some people, speed up for some people. So. You just try to keep in contact with who you can and just kind of go from there. You a gamer? Nah, I'm actually sitting in front of uh in front of an Xbox now, but 
I don't really play games, man. I don't, I don't got the attention span for it. Really? Uh, yeah, see? bro. I don't have, like, it's weird because I have nothing but time. But, like, I don't have, I can't sit here and stare at the screen for, like, I just, I can't do it, bro. Like, I I watch TV or, like, sports. Like, I watch football. Listen, I watch football Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Listen, whenever it's on, I'm watching, bro. Like, you know, when I'm not watching, I'm watching highlights. Like, I don't, I I can't, so, I can't see him do it, man. So this is probably like the most depressing time of the year that football is like, it's hard. Listen, there ain't nothing harder. Like the, the, the gap between the end of the Super Bowl to the preseason oh is like waiting four years for the Olympics. It is. I love track field. I cover it for a living. There's nothing worse than waiting <laughs> Like, and it flew by so fast this year. Oh my god, bro! It's listen, man. Because I ain't a basketball head. Like I watch, but like really, not really like that. The playoffs. Like I watch a good game. Like, if, I, if I'm watching TV and they're showing that the the Warriors trying to play the Nets or something, like I'll watch yeah. it because the names involved, you know, whatever, whatever. But I'm not really a big basketball head like that. Uh, so until like the playoffs, because that's when you know people playing for real, like you know people trying to boot up get the championship. But um, yeah, it'd be it's it'd be so hard, bro. Not like not having football to watch. It's bad. Like immediately after the Super Bowl, I'm like sick because I'm like I gotta wait till September, bro, to really watch a meaningful football game. I got trash talk for not, but I got trash talk for seven months about what's right. gonna happen for us to be what four and eight. <laughs> I know, man. You be talking trash. And like, see, my my homie, when my homie, um, my best, my best friend actually, um, he uh, he actually, I met him at Florida State. He ran track as well. Uh, he's a, so he went to Florida State, but he's a Florida Gator fan, and he's a he's a Florida Gator fan. He's a Tampa Bay fan because he's from Tampa. So obviously, me being at FSU and New Orleans, our teams, you know. Oh, yeah. They clash. So all year is back and forth, back and forth. Like I'm, I'm one up right now though because FSU beat Florida. I hate the Gators. Um, I'm one up right now. You know, I'm, I'm living large. I'm living large right now. Oh, shout out to Mike Norvell, man, because I, I actually called it. I said FSU would win nine games this year. I just had this feeling that they would win nine games, and I just, I don't know. I can't explain it. And listen, that LSU win looked really good now. I, I, no, no, no bull. No bull. I can say this now, but I did not see us winning nine games. And I, I I was like, man, I'll be happy with eight. Like, I'll take eight. Because looking at our schedule, I'm like, I thought, I honestly thought, you know, Louisville, uh, Louisville LSU could go, you know, either way. Clemson just was still a little bit better than us. And for whatever reason, man, we always struggle with NC State. And like I said, and then the, the Florida game, that's always a – I knew it was going to win the Miami game, but the Florida game, I was like, you know, they're going to come in hot. Like, they're still a good team, you know. Um, I was like, th- 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 there was a five potential, but that's eight and five. I can – you know, I can – it is what it is. Bowl game, we'll be bowl eligible. That's, you know, eight games is a big step up from, you know, what we had last year, whatever, whatever. And then when, after they played the first game, I was like, oh, shit, we got something. Yeah. We actually got something, and we we're one dumb play call away from being nine and two or nine or whatever from that NC State game. That should still make me mad, bro. Not just the NC State game. You should have beat Wake Forest. Yeah, but I watched they, that. They, 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 Wake Forest man, man, they let Wake Forest come in and manhandle us 
and it is what it is. Like we lost it fair and square. That NC State game, I don't like. We, all we gotta do is just hold the ball for the field goal. That like we win, we win the game. You throw a shot at the end. I just don't get it. But you know, I, one day I will be coaching America. One day I will be coaching football. That's what I want to do when I'm out of here. So you know, I'll be making some of these decisions. So it's all good. Here's the thing: you actually understand the game because you played it. And so, like, you understand the nuances. So that must drive you crazy, like, even more than the average fan. Bro, it's – it's especially because, like, I've, I've been in that stadium. Like, I've been in that atmosphere. I remember, like, coming out – I think our, our fourth game of the season, we played Clemson. We were both undefeated. I think it was both, like, a top, top 15 matchup. I never experienced no – like, bro, the hairs on the back of my neck were standing up when I came out the tunnel. I was, like – it was, like, 80,000 people there. Like, what the – to watch yeah. football. On a random Saturday night, I was like, nah, bro, this is different. This is different. It's watching them. I don't, it's been fun. Like, Johnny Wilson has been a – he cost me. Listen, I'm in a fantasy league, and Johnny Wilson was my starting receiver. And the two touchdowns cost me um, – it cost me. Let's just put it that way. But but still, like, I don't know. Just watching them, Jordan Travis gives me a headache. I love Jordan Travis because, like, he tries so hard. And every now and then he'll screw up and he'll fumble the ball, and then every now and then he'll just toast you. And the like the leap, the leap that he made from oh, last year to this year, I have nothing but like appreciation for it, man. Like that's that's so hard to do, especially like when you've been consistently at like he's been consistently still at a good level. He's playing good, but then like he raised his game to a whole his new game. level, and he looked like he. He's the reason why we're having a lot of the success. The ball is in his hands, you know, 80, 90% of the time, and he's doing something with it. Um, at the end of the day, man, you know, people are still going to make mistakes, but, you know, if he's come, if he's back next year, like, I think he's going to make another leap because you kind of learn from those things in the game. Like, that's why you see, like, certain people, you know, raise a game because they start to learn from their past mistakes and you stop making those. So, you know, yeah. instead of making five blunders this se- next season, he might make one. That's I can live with that. I can live because you're going you're gonna to mess up sometimes. Of course. So but the, I'm, I'm actually excited for the future, man. And, and it's really big for recruitment. Like he's a, you know, somewhat still of a new coach, you know, in a top five, uh, in a top 10 program, you know. Oh, yeah. um, so now you'll start to attract more, you know. And she, even even if Mike Norvell don't last, it makes the job more appealing to the next guy. Now he's like, okay, I'm not going into a dumpster fire of oh, FSU yeah. trying to like resurrect the program. Well, let me ask you this. In the past, let's say five years, would you say that this is the least talented – I want to say the least talented team, but compared to a few teams that they had with some superstars, like with this team and how they're made up, that that uh, Benson from Oregon has been a revelation, not just because I didn't know – I saw that injury. <clears throat> I was hoping he would walk, let alone play football. But that dude is, is, is different. Did you, ex- up, like, did you expect this team – Obviously, you said eight wins, but would eight wins have surprised you? Yes, because, like, we, some of these games that we've lost, like, within the last couple of years, some of the games that we've lost, we just got, like, just got, they beat us up, you know? Like, a lot of games we won this year, like, with the games we lost last year, just went on some yep. back-and-forth nail-biter type. You know, and we'll have like a meltdown and then the game just kind of get away from us. And you can see like the growth and maturity. Like I've seen some teams think about I was there in 2012 when we went and won an Orange Bowl. 
I mean, I had left the program, but I came back and I saw 2013 when they went to the national championship. And should we still seeing people from the national championship team in the in the league doing anything right now? Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole that whole squad, like out of the starting 22, I'm pretty sure like 16, 17 of them people made to the NFL at some point. Um, you know, then the, you know, the, the, yeah. Jameis, Benjamin's not in the NFL, but he was. Um, Kermit Rashard was Green. there. Rashard Green. Uh, Brian, Brian, Ken- uh, what's his name? Brian, uh, Nick O'Leary was there for a little bit. Nick O'Leary. Uh, Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Kenny Shaw um, was briefly. Briefly. Oh, what's his name? Brian Stork was a starting center. He started yeah. for the, uh, for the Patriots when they won the Super Bowl. Um, Trey, uh, yeah, 2014 when they won the Super Bowl. Was it 2014? Yeah, 2014 when they won the Super Bowl. He was a starting center, Brian Stork. Um, Trey, Trey Jackson. He, he was Jackson. also with the Patriots when they won the Super Bowl. Um, who am I missing? Oh, Cam Irvin ended up remember, he Cam moved Irvin. from uh, guard to center. Uh, Cam Irvin, he's still in the league, and I think he's with the Cowboys. He is. Um, they had a they had a corner. Uh, PJ, well, PJ Williams, PJ. Ronald PJ Darby. Williams. Darby was actually my roommate, that's my boy. Uh, Ronald Darby, okay. uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen Ramsey, oh uh, uh, Terrence Brooks, <laughs> uh, Terrence Brooks. That's the, was Derwin on that team? No, he Derwin. Wasn't. He wasn't. He was. He came after, but obviously Derwin, uh, uh, Devontae, uh, uh, Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook. That's it. Uh, what's the running back? What's the running back? He played for a plant. Uh, oh, James Wilder. James Wilder. Yeah, Wilder Junior. Bro, like that whole listen, that team, <laughs> the oh, team was loaded, bro. Like the uh, the team was loaded, man. They had some, they had some talent on that team. But that was a whole. That's not that. This team now, obviously, ain't that team because that's some Hall of Fame. Like to recreate that, listen, if Norvell redo that, <laughs> he <the> he, <laughs> he he might. Like I felt bad that he got you know the whole Travis Hunter situation, uh, but I don't know. I'm just looking at. Obviously, I know NIL is 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 you know kicking, and I think there's a few kids that probably would call the Florida State if you know some money hadn't been. This, that's just my opinion. I I'm not saying I don't yeah, know. No, 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 see, but I, I just had this kind of had this argument with somebody that I knew, and I was saying like the Neil the NIL thing, it kind of evened the plan for a little bit. It did with yeah. recruitment and stuff like that because like um, you know a lot of these you know, a lot of these universities have boosters that pump you know more money into the program so they can get more and have more and it's more enticing because these kids don't understand you know at the end of the day like they they they, they love the look oh yeah. so you know you're you're more prone to go to certain places if you know it's looking a little bit nicer over here understood but now you can go and get that from anywhere so i can go get a hundred grand for what for from memphis oh cool yeah i go to memphis i need to go to you know i can still make it to the league i can still do this i can still do that um I think that it has shaken the bag a little bit. And I think that now talent will be distributed a little bit more fairly. Um, but, and also some certain schools have better recruiters, like better recruiters than, you know, other schools. Like that shit is an art to be honest with you. It's hard. Like I cover football recruiting. Um, it's nothing I want to do again. Like it, it, it's crazy. What would be like your dream NIL bill? Like if, if NIL was <laughs> – because here's the thing, you could have collected it for two sports, for track and field and for football. Like, what what is your dream NIL deal? I think let's just say, okay, if I was still in college and I could get an NIL deal, I think that would have been 
something along the lines of something dealing with any type of sports car, like something fast. You know what I'm saying? Oh, because cool. obviously I'm being marketed as being a fast guy. So let's just say Corvette comes in and makes the, you know, the okay. Marvin Bracey edition Corvette. You know, I don't know. Just it's a pipe dream, but something, you know, something dealing with like, you know, some type of fast car that I could kind of promote and kind of, you know, tie in yeah. myself. And that'd be pretty dope for me. B. John Robinson from Texas. I think he was, he's sponsored by Lamborghini. He got to deal with uh, Lamborghini. <laughs> he signed, he, he signed a check. <laughs> I was like, man. I think, I think, a... man, listen, I know that it's, there's always going to be like, you know, back and forth with like the NIL, but like, I love the fact that some of these dudes can get, you know, get, you know, what they get. Cause People don't understand that, like, only 200 and, what, 24, 234 of these dudes finna get drafted. Yeah. Out of those 234, 224, whatever it is, maybe 160 probably got a job on lock, at least for the first contract. And shit, out of those 150, whatever it is, Honestly, half of them ain't finna see a second deal. No. So to already walk in there, you know, with something, man, I think that it'll, it'll, you know, at least if football don't work out, you know, you played four years, did what you had to do, you got your little something, at least you can kind of segue into the next chapter of life and not worry about, damn, like I put all my eggs in this basket, you know, with a sport and it ain't working out. I wanna, what am I going to do? We're going to transition to that uh, now because I'm actually curious your thoughts on this, but I would say this: It's bad that some of these nil deals are more than what the best track athlete makes. Um, like I think about that often. I like something like that Diamond League Championship, man. Like I did a I did a show on that um, with Aaron and Joshua Potts, and it was just like it takes thirty grand. Like thirty grand is the payout for the winner, so you don't include the agent fees. You don't include the travel fees. You don't include the taxes on it. So out of 30, maybe you're seeing 15. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know, man. It, it's, there, there's just certain things. It's like we, we, we're cutting off. We're trying to save tennis shoes by cutting off feet. And I just yes. don't even understand it um, and everything. But you want to be a coach. And just what you said. I think a lot of kids. I don't know. I mean, because just you, you're in a football culture. Just like everybody has to dream. You, you got to do this. You got to do that. And it's just like the hard. Some of the hardest working kids will never make it past. They may not make it to Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Like they may. It's not a college anymore, but they may play for Florida Tech or Florida Memorial. That doesn't mean that they're terrible because listen. There's no high school team that's going to beat a college team because just there's levels to it and yes, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why I hate when everybody's like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, St. Thomas will beat Alabama or Modern Day will beat." It's like, no, they won't. Like, no, they right, even... <laughs> the shit kicked out of them. <laughs> yeah, like they, they couldn't even really beat different. the they couldn't even beat the scout team. Like, listen, we you can't, about... bro. It's different. You listen. I'm. I was on a scout team too. I got scout team player of the year. Shout out to the boys. Um. They you not being those bro. It is James was on scout team with me. Put it like that. So <laughs> and you saw what he did. Like, like no, bro, you're not but gonna... he was also like this. Is how we knew he was ready though, because 
Like me and him was on scout team together, and we was doing we was killing our defense. Like we had we had the boys ready, because like some most of the time like you don't put a Heisman winning quarterback or a Heisman to be quarterback on a scout. You don't have that. You just got a regular scout team quarterback, some walk on dude that you know it's pretty decent where he come from. But you had a yeah. top tier quarterback, and we was like slicing and dicing. Don't get me wrong, like they really wanted to stomp us out. They could have, but we made the plays when we made the plays. But yeah, no, nah, I definitely. Uh, I definitely wanna. I wanna take it. Take it. I, I want to coach at like a, hopefully a college level to start to kind of make my way into like the NFL to just kind of get my feet wet. But um, yeah, you people don't really do a good job of explaining those type of yeah. things to these kids. So it's like you know, fortunately, I was able to make it. You know, doing something, but it's not gonna work out that way for everybody. But while you're here, you might as well get all you got. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. whatever happens, you know, it happens. You kind of control that. What you do on the field. It, it will dictate, you know, what happens. Oh yeah. As a coach, what is the biggest impact that you look to have that you want to make when you when you're also when it's all said and done and you're really investing in these kids and then these um you know college guys college needs with all this NIL and all the agents in your ear and all that stuff, they need guidance more than ever. What's the biggest impact that you want to make? Or if you don't like that kind of question what's the biggest change that you wish to see from your influence oh no i'll answer i'll answer the way you put it the first time um so fortunately for me i've gotten to be around you know a number of coaches now um i was obviously around you know jimbo at uh at florida state um i was around uh chuck pagano with indianapolis um p carroll with the, the Indianapolis Colts, not the Colts, um, Seahawks. The Seahawks, yeah, Pete Carroll with the Seahawks. Um, and so for me, one thing that, you know, stuck out to me about Pete, like, he's actually like a really cool dude. You know, he's what they call a player's coach. A player's coach is kind of like, you know, somebody that can kind of relate to the players that are real cool with the players. Like, you look, you know he's the coach, but you kind of look at him like, you know, he wanted, you know, he wanted the bros. Yeah. And you still, but you still have that, that respect factor for him. Because right. at the end of the day, like, when you get, like, it's weird because, like, college coaches are so much more, like, strict and, you know, a little bit more mean and, you know, different than when you get to the next level. At the next level, everybody is, like, chill. Like, these people are so chill. It's, you know, how like, you, we, we, we think about, like, back in, like, the, the 90s you know, type era where everybody was getting cursed out. They'll say this to you. They'll say that to you. They'll, you know, whatever, whatever. That's not how they coach up there. Like, and they be so chill and lax. Like, they hold you accountable as a professional. And that's just kind of, like, the flavor I want to bring. Like, I want to be a player's coach. I want to understand, like, you can come and talk to me. Yeah. And I think like, you that's can come. Important. We can have a conversation. We can have an open dialogue. Like, you know, obviously, if you've got questions about something, like, I'm not finna, like, you know, put you down because you don't know it. Like, that ain't going to help you at the end of the day. Like, that me trying to make you feel stupid for not knowing a read or a key or a play or something like that's not going to get the job done. What's going to get the job done is you knowing the play and we've been affected. So, you know, people yeah. got to get away from that whole, that outdated thought process of I need to yell at my kids. They need, I need to inflict fear. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge, <laughs> honestly, because I'm like a Ohio State fan. I'm a huge fan. Oh, they're going to come after me for saying this because they want him fired after yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm a huge fan of his because, like, he has this open door policy. That if you if you need to talk, if you need to come in, you know, you can come into the office, everybody's welcome. But everybody's saying, okay, but that's soft. That's that's just soft. 
Why why do you think that people are of this? Because I don't think it's soft. If you have a question, because like you just said, how else are you going to learn? Now, people if you keep stuck, go people ahead, are go stuck ahead. in that. People are stuck in that hard nose mentality of when sports was a little bit more brutal and they could kind of yeah. get away with it a little bit more. But nowadays, like I said, at the next level, he's prepping them for how it is at the next level. Like a lot of these athletes at the next level call the coaches by first name. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't really call people coach. You know, you call this is a business. But at that next level, it's a business. At the end of the day, you knowing the play and you've been at the end of the day, if you don't even know the play, I might spoon feed you, I might spoon feed it to you just for you to yeah. get it. Because at the end of the day, if you're one of my best guys and you haven't, you know, you haven't trouble learning the plays, we ain't gonna be effective. I can't put you on the field. So no. I gotta do something to get you to I gotta make you comfortable enough to, you know, get you in there and get you to come talk to me because once we break down those barriers, that's that's how we get it done. So people are just stuck in this this that that, that, that headspace where like, you know, the coaches need to be mean and be like, man, we we just not there anymore. Like that's just not where where sports is anymore. Like it's just it may work for some people, but I promise you a lot of those coaches is just chill. Now think about it. We got 30, we got what's his name? Uh the coach at with the Rams. Um drawing blank. I know his name. McVay, Sean McVay. Bro, he's younger than some of his players. Yeah. <laughs> but it worked. He don't yeah. want a Super Bowl at like 36 years old. It works. He's cool. He's chill. They got the hip hop music going. Everything's chill. They just hold you accountable as a professional. Like they're holding you accountable. That's all it is, accountability at that level. So, like I said, that's the type of coach I want to be. You know what I'm saying? The, 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 I, we don't have to be – like. sometimes you can take it too far. Right. And yeah. they'll be too far on the friend tip and not get, you know, get the job done. But there's a, there's a happy medium in this, and a lot of coaches are figuring that out, like how to deal with these players. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, we just people too. Even Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, like they've had – You know, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that because I was, I was thinking about that. Nick Saban – Came out. This is actually what made me a bigger fan of Nick Saban. Obviously, I'm a fan of his greatness, everything he's doing with his program um, year to year, you know, with two losses being a down year for them. Like, that's insane. Um, yeah. He said, I mean, something happened with one of his kids, I think, at the game. And the uh, the kid, I don't know if it was at the game or something, one of the kids did something. He was acting up. And Nick Saban, like, suspended him for like a half or suspended him or something like that, put him back on the field, you know. And it was, he, was, he was a good kid. He was a good, he was a good, he was a good player. And they did an interview and they asked him about it. And he was like, well, so let me get this right. Y'all want me to like cut him, send him back where he came from. Now, you know, he has a knock on him. Now nobody's going to give him an opportunity. Now, you know, God knows where he's going to be. You want me to do that for you to be happy? Like, no, like I'm not going to do that. Like, and I feel the same way. Like everybody, you don't just got to go straight to, oh, get him out of the team, get him out of here. He doesn't deserve a chance. No, like, no, that's just not how it goes, bro. I remember watching, um, it was Dwayne Wade. He said there was something going on. I don't. I think his mom went to jail or something like that. But he was struggling, and so he got kicked out of practice one day. And he didn't get kicked off the team. You know, everybody's been kicked out of practice and everything. And he was able to mend. He was able, you know, talk with the coach. What's going on, man? Like, what's going on? And as soon as you know, they were able to talk that out. Like his play improved, and now he's you know one of the best shooting guards. Um, you know, in NBA history, certainly the most underrated shooting guard um, in oh, NBA sure. history. And so, no, I, I think that's lacking. And I think that, like I said, I love that's like what you want to do. And I hate to say this, but <laughs> Texas a and might need you next year, man. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, depending on 
on what happens. But no, I think that's if if you're trying people because they the thing that I always hear we got to get them ready for the real world. Well, if the real world is what specifically in the NFL is what you're saying, then that's how you need to be and stuff. And to your point, you've been on championship teams and you've been around greatness. You know that if the coach, if if the players love the coach and would do anything for him. You got the formula for once. Man, you will run through a wall. You will run through a wall. And at the end of the day, like the real world is obviously a lot more cruel and you know unforgiving to a lot of things. But also, life is kind of like it's a lot. It's a lot about what you make it though. Like if right. you go down a certain path, yeah, it's a little bit more cruel and violent and unforgiving. But if you walk a a lighter walk, you know, of life, and you doing if you if you blue collar America. And you know you punching in the clock, going to work, doing what you got to do. Like at the end of the day, bro. Like when you left, when you leave people alone, you left alone. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm saying. So, oh yeah, it's kind of what you make it. Because the thing about the people saying this are people that probably go home to a six, seven hundred thousand dollar house, you know, in a yeah. nice, decent neighborhood where everything is rainbows and butterflies. Everybody doesn't have that reality. No. So, you know. Um, I don't even be paying attention to stuff like that because I've been in those rooms. I've been in the camps. I've been around. I, I see what happens on a day to day basis. And I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, I've picked and, you know, picked different things from different places that I want to kind of apply to myself as a coach. So when I do get the opportunity, you know, I can kind of, you know, take it and, and flip it and, and, and see if it works. And obviously you make improvements, you know, you, you change stuff. Maybe something I do may not work. You know, you get out the people. Like it's, it's one of those things where like, you can get after people like coaches still get after you, but I mean, they don't demean you. Like you don't have to demean somebody to get the best out of them. Like my coach now, like he's he's cool dude. Like he's he's all right. You know what I'm saying? Like he's cool. He's cool people, but he don't really he don't he don't he don't yell that much. Like he'll yell like he has to, but it don't take all that. Like the success we've had, like it's just simple communication. Like he has a way of explaining it to where I can understand, and we get it done, and we just go on to the next thing. Like we don't have to yell and beat it across my head. And, tell me that i'm sorry because i didn't do it right yeah what's that gonna do you know like i don't know i think people kind of have a false reality of what like toughness is um and like you said it's people who go home to mansions and and all this stuff it's easy it's easy to talk about being tough when like you looking down on everybody else but instead (laughs) of actually kind of actually going through the process uh last two questions then we're gonna wrap this thing up how has being a father I would say enhanced your career and changed your perspective on everything, specifically on the track. Oh man, the day I held my son for the first time, I knew that like it just got real. You know, um at the time he actually came, I wasn't in a for lack of a better term, I wasn't in a bright spot of life. You know, um my career wasn't on track. I had just kind of I think I had just got cut from the Seahawks. Um, I just got cut from the Seahawks um, and nothing was going right, you know, um, but, you know, when he came, I was like, you know what, like my back is against, so I have no choice, you know, it's like, it's fight or fight, there ain't even no fight or flight, like it's just fight and keep fighting and keep digging until you figure it out. And um, it, it, it changed my perspective on a lot of things in the sense that like, it's no longer about me. Everything I do now also affects him. Where I go, how long I'm there, you know, stuff like that. Um, it, it it affects him. So it matured me in a lot of ways. And then now I actually have a, I have a daughter. She should be here within the next three, four weeks. 
Oh, congratulations, so, man. Hey, that's, yeah, a, that's a good you. birthday present for you, man. Right. Yeah, exactly. So she'll be here in the next three or four weeks, man. I'm excited to meet her. And it's just even more motivation to continue to give them, you know, everything I didn't have growing up. So that's my motivation to keep fighting like every day. Like I, cause like, again, I have no choice. Like babies ain't cheap, you know? So I figured out, you know, I figured out some things on the track. Um, I've been running real good been training real good. Just been feeling real good. And uh, I'm just doing everything to continue to keep that going. Like a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff I wasn't doing as a younger athlete, you know, coming home, doing simple stuff like stretching or, you know, changing my diet or, you know, stuff like that. Like I wasn't doing that kind of stuff back then. It was just go to practice practice over oh damn i got all day i'm gonna go do something mm-hmm. and now you know i'm a little bit more you know domesticated at the crib um my son is now in school so you know that's a great thing um so he's pretty much out of the house for most of the day but um yeah just being here and making sure that i'm attentive and around as a parent last question what can we expect from you this year and i'm just curious what advice would you give somebody that's following in your footsteps Oh, okay. So first question, um, this year I intend on being the 2023 100 meter world champion. Um, I I said, I figured out a lot of things, man. I got a lot of confidence going into, you know, I was this close from winning the 2022 when, uh, 2021, I went out with an injury at Olympic trials. So obviously to do that off the back to back year to come in this year, man, I got so much confidence, you know, Ryan and I've been putting in so much work. I know where I messed up at in a race, you know, and I'm just doing everything to correct that while also making other improvements, you know, in life and track to, to get to where I want to be. Um, so yeah, I definitely, I definitely intend on, I intend on joining the nine, seven club, you know, hopefully the nine, six club. Uh, it'd be nice to own an American record. Um, but yeah, just, y'all can just expect me to be, you know, my all out best, man. Every time I step on track, um, I'm out there to, to do some big things, you know, because like I said, it's just not it's not about me. It's bigger than me now. You know, I got you know, I got two people that will have my last name, you know, representing and walking around this world. And, you know, they'll get to look back on, you know, the cool things that I did. Um, and as far as giving somebody advice, man, um, what I would tell somebody is to just never give up. You know, what I'm saying like persistency is. Like essential to, you know, getting things done, man, I've I've taken I've had so many doors slammed in my face, you know, metaphorically and literally. Um, but I never took that, you know, I never took that and and lay down. Like I didn't let it stop me. Um, it's the thing that keeps driving me every day. That's why I get up and go as hard as I can, you know, every day to to keep going and, you know, basically tell, you know, basically get my get my get back. You know, you don't you don't always have to do it, you know, with words or whatever I can do with my action. So, you know, me giving my all, being the best that I can be every day is you know my clap back at some of the things that have happened to me and it's just because i'm persistent man like i've had like i said so many things have happened that i don't even talk about you know publicly and i just keep fighting so that's what it is just keep fighting you have survived what i call the interrogation process we are on to the last section segment of this podcast called down the home stretch i'm gonna ask you a few rapid fire questions want you to answer them to the best of your ability if I pause and ask you for you to elaborate, it doesn't count against the time. If you don't, I really don't care. It really is no big deal. Uh, <laughs> you are looking to join the uh, gold medal stand, which includes um, a few people, including Florida legends, uh, Sinclair Johnson, she's on the stand, um, Olivia Baker, Kay Tolson, a bunch of people, John Anderson, they're all in the middle stand. You are looking to Put on for the 407, continue 
Because the Action Club will be the only one. So you will be the second one. Are you ready? Yes, sir. If there was a food that you had to live with and a food that you could live without, what would they be? Um, salmon is something I can live with. Live without uh, uh, coleslaw. That's disgusting. Listen, I I will shout that from the rooftops. You can't eat everybody's it's, it's, potato salad and you cannot eat everybody's coleslaw. I feel that 100%. Deep dish or New York style pizza? New York style. Favorite show that you recently binge watched? Favorite show that I recently binge watched? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Power. I got a late start, so you know, just Power. don't kill me. Is that good? I haven't. Watched you gotta watch Power. Yeah, man, it's so good. Okay. Bro. Yeah, you got. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna check it out because everybody has had. I've heard like good. I've heard bad. So I was like, nah, I'm not gonna watch it. All right, man. There was a if Tyler Perry came to you and said, "Dog, we're gonna make a Medea movie with you in it." What movie would you want it to emulate? Uh, okay. Does it have to be a Tyler Perry movie? Actually, not to be anybody. I don't really care. Uh, oh, oh, what's that movie called? Uh. Any given Sunday. That's actually my favorite movie. Oh, yeah, that would be a good one. Outside of yourself, because I saw the interview uh, that you did with yourself recently, if there was a character who could portray you in a movie about your life, who are you rolling with? Hmm. Who would I roll with? A character that portrayed me. I'm trying to think about from like a, from like a, a actual casting. Like, I don't really know nobody that really looked like me in the acting world. Um, actually, no, the dude from, um, the dude, the kid from, um, what's that, what's that, the TV show, All-American. He was the quarterback oh. of Crenshaw. Chris. Yes, I, I, I yes. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, the other person, they would have to make him darker, could low-key beat Mike, Michael B. Jordan, but he would, uh, Yeah, he had to be a little bit, yeah. He'd be darker, but the one you he just made, he, yeah, he's spot on. That would be spot on. If, there was somebody to say, listen, man, we're going to make a custom pump-up song for you. What artist would it be? NBA Youngboy. I like that. I like that. Well, Actually, uh, my first, like, my first 30, like, my first 20, 25 songs on my warm-up playlist is all Youngboy. All of them. Oh, man. The first 20, the first 20 is just active. Like, it's, because you got to think about, man, like, we're trying, we actually trying to get violent, man. Like, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't approach a race, like, with too much of a calm demeanor like there's a, it's a controlled aggression so i gotta get like my you know like on the outside like i'm looking calm and i'm but my music going in my ear and i'm just like it's yeah you, you gotta get ready especially it's 100 meters and everything you just got that 100 meters to go i feel that all right man if you could be anything outside of a coach and a track and field athlete or nfl player what are you rolling with what profession would you be sorry i got an amber alert um can you repeat that question real quick any other profession that you would want to be in outside of a coach, outside of a track and field athlete, and a football player? Oh, um, actually, uh, I wanted to be an analyst. Like, I wanted to be somebody that okay. covered, like, 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 a, like a Shannon Sharp or something, um, you know, on, on TV. You know, actually, because I love to talk. I love sports. I love to talk about sports. And I feel like I have, a, a, you know, obviously going through and learning more as the years go by about the game or games. Um, I feel like I could have, like, a very interesting perspective perspective with you know tv and I mean, i'm not really camera shy so i feel like it, it'd be something i could do 
If anybody heard those noises um, while this was going on, while Marvin was talking, I just got the Amber Alert as well. Um, so <laughs> it, it just like whipped out, and I don't, I don't even think that is in. Oh, it's in Jacksonville, oddly enough. Um, all right, last few questions: Dream location to take a vacation. Dream location, um, uh, Greece. Oh man, Mykon- Mykonos, Greece. Or the Maldives. Oh, that would be lit. That would be lit. If you could be the owner of any current restaurant in America, what restaurant would you take over? Any restaurant in America. That's a really good. Um. I would probably say like Capital Grill. Like a lot of people. Broccoli Capital Grill. It's like one of those, you know, nice, fancy, but it's not like too, too fancy, you know, like any yeah. one of the places like you can't really like, if you walk up, you might still get seated. You might, you know what I'm saying? Like you got to fight in pants. Saying like, well, you got to, you know, you got to reserve six months, two. you know, from now. Yeah. Like, that's just ridiculous. But. <laughs> no, I'm not. A, I can't even afford to think about going like places like that. But B, I was like, I, I want to know what kind of food y'all use to where I have to, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, like go that far in advance. Uh, favorite holiday tradition? Um, favorite holiday tradition. Well, I kind of started. I kind of started it. Was it two, two, three years ago? I did, I started doing like a little France giving. Um, I didn't know okay. it was a thing until I mean, like two or three years ago. Um, a couple of like my, my my people, they wasn't eating with their families. I was like, you know what? Like I just kind of learned how to make this stuff. Like y'all, you know, come over and you know taste test. And so just, you know, every since then, like I would have like even people like my training group, like we had one last year as well, just have them come over, you know, everybody brings something. It's kind of like a potluck and we just, you know, because everybody's away from their families. Like we train with international athletes. So we got Chinese, Jamaicans, like we got them from everywhere. So it's just like everybody just come through, get a plate, bring one of your own dishes and, you know, we just rock it like that. I love that. Cartoon Network or 90s Nickelodeon? 90s Cartoon oh. Network or 90s Nickelodeon? Oh, uh, Nickelodeon. Okay. That's, hey, listen, people say 90s Cartoon Network. I yeah, just have to. Weird. That's like Dex's wow. laboratory and stuff like that, right? Encourage the coward in the brain. Dog. Yeah, nah, bro. Nah, bro. <laughs> dog, that, that is a more common answer than you understand. Like, That's insane. Like, it's crazy. All right, last two questions. Best era of music, and if there was a concert, any concert that you can attend? Best era of music? Um... I would say the 2000s. The 2000s provided so because I think I was born in '93, so I heard music. But once I really was like able to listen to my own music, I think like the 2000s was a really so who really so like time. 2000s like early 2000s hip hop like just uh, okay so 2000s R&B and like. Yeah, because like Cisco. Later 2000s, like hip hop. Yeah, just like, yeah, man. Like it was, because we still kind of got like that blend, like that fade off of like the 90s R&B. But yeah. like, it was kind of like for our taste, you know what I'm saying? So. Oh yeah. We used to listen to like Cisco, Joe, um, gosh. And then like hip hop, you had like, uh, you had uh, DMX, uh, God Bless the Dead. Um, 
this is a oh this is gonna be a bad one because he just went to jail but like mystical and uh, <laughs> like oh god but just rappers like that I, I ain't endorsing none of that but there was, yeah. those were that was super fun on the radio last question ask it to everybody why does kindness matter to you oh hold on before you say okay and also as far as a concert if there was a way god if michael jackson was still i really wish i could have went to a michael jackson concert bro Oh, right. okay. Listen. I got. I got to squeeze this question in. Michael Jackson yeah. or Prince? Oh, Michael Jackson. Oh, Michael Jackson, man. Like I, I rock with Prince, but like, come on, man. <sighs> like I saw, I saw this, I saw this. Um, somebody made a video, like a mashup, on Twitter, on Twitter, and it was like, I think it was from like 1960 something. Like, it was like Michael Jackson's like first song, and they show like all of his like music and hits to like 2010 i was like bro like the, the run this man went on is just uh, it was it was different <sighs> it was uh, like think about oh. it bro like he he ain't made no new music in so long but like we still like everybody whenever you like it hits bro anybody no matter what age race size color gender like it don't matter you listening dang that's that. I love Prince. That's tough. Because I love Michael Jackson, too. That's tough, man. When he died, I have, like, my... I was actually sad, like, when Bernie Mac died. But when Michael Jackson died, I was like... That, that was, that was like, an American insane. Yeah. Tragedy. <laughs> tragedy, I, like, I remember that. Because there were people where I was... I was at, I think I was at my mom's job or something. They were crying. Crying. Yeah, like, bro. <laughs> like, I, I remember that. That was, like, so dark. Oh... Uh, Dang that that I'm gonna have to go and listen to it. and just the he had and I will say this because if you didn't like the new Michael Jackson you had to like Jackson Five like he yeah, had yeah, something from Jackson Five. All right, all right, all right. Uh, why does kindness matter to you? Um, so to me, um, I feel like kindness matters because you don't really know like day to day you don't really know what like somebody is going through, you know. Um. Obviously, we've all, you know, battled something or something at some point in life. So you don't really know the walk somebody taking on like a daily basis. So, you know, a simple act of kindness can go so far. It ain't about just giving somebody something. It's just about, you know, having manners, being polite, because you don't know how that can really affect the next person. So that's why it matters to me. Marvin, you have survived down the home stretch. You definitely on the gold medal stand representing the 407 uh, with the best of them. Appreciate you coming on the show. Tell the people where they can find you and support your journey. Hey, man. For, uh, appreciate you having me, man. We definitely uh, chop it up uh, at some point during the season, you know, as I'm yes. holding a, a gold medal or something or two. Oh, for sure. Um, but, you know, y'all can find me at uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Brace Yourself, B-R-A-C-E-Y-A-S-E-L-F. Um, I'm active on Twitter all the time, so definitely uh, come find me. Man, appreciate you. We rooting for you. Obviously, got to root for the hometown squad here in Orlando. Everybody listening, hope you enjoyed your holiday. Merry Christmas to all. See you next time. Thank you, man.